0: Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. International celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. (laughs) Every Tuesday we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at everythingscarypod. Here we go. Hello. Welcome back. The most horrible podcast out there.
1: Part numero deuce.
0: Uh, let's talk with worst things ever.
1: Sorry, you had to wait a week unless you're a patron. Then uh, way to go.
0: Yeah. You got it right welcome. away. I want to quickly thank some of our new patrons, Justin and Penelope.
1: No D names?
0: No D names. <gasps> Penelope is having a, a bit of a rough go right now. Her son Trent has been in the hospital for a little while. Oh, Trent. Right. Um, so let's send them both good vibes and hopefully get him home super soon.
1: All right. I and will put Trent in my thoughts.
0: Also, Hanson has a song called Penny and Me. Would you like me to sing for you?
1: <laughs> they don't have a song called Trent, eh?
0: No. Oh, damn. But I can sing Penny and Me for you right okay, now. Okay, kind of I kinda wanted to focus on Trent, but
1: that's cool. If you wanted to... I mean, you know, you know what? Maybe Trent has had a lot of attention these days, and maybe there's maybe that's what he wants is somebody to take the focus fine, on him fine. for a you moment. Take,
0: you take the reins here, then.
1: Oh, Trent, <laughs> we're thinking about you. Thinking
0: about you. We hope you
1: feel better, and your mom is pretty, too. <laughs> that was
0: really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. No, kay. no. Actually, thank you.
1: Um, I noticed that you said that Hanson has a song. What is it, Penny and Me? Yeah. What about Penny Lane by, you know, the fucking Beatles for a Penny song? Um, Sorry, they are your Beatles. They are, <sighs> Here's how the Penny, what is it called, Penny Me? Penny and Me. Penny, Penny
0: and Me. Penny and Me like to roll the windows down. Turn oh the radio up and push a pedal to the ground. Whoa. Sorry.
1: Wow. Okay, Hanson. That's stunt driving <laughs> in Ontario. All right, buddy? <laughs> They'd <laughs> be like, Penny.
0: Every one of their songs is a different ba- ba- version Penny. of Umba. That's right. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to this fucking shitstorm. All right. Uh, Darlie and Darren Routier on June the 6th of 1996, their five and six-year-old sons had been brutally murdered.
1: Uh, Trent changed the channel. <laughs> this ain't for
0: you no mo. Sorry. Uh, and Darley herself had been attacked. However, things mm. were starting to look a little strange. Put it in quotes, please. Okay, done. Bunny ears. Has been attacked. Yeah. For one, Darley had apparently been attacked in her sleep while she was on the couch. However, there was minimal blood on the couch, and there appeared to be a large amount of blood at the sink. But the blood that was at the sink had apparently been wiped up. They found that using luminol. Oh,
1: get out Ever of heard here. of it? I. Uh... <laughs> Ever watched an episode of CSI? <laughs> Ever? Hey, Chris, what do we got here? Use the luminol,
0: work. <laughs> I told you. Use the fucking luminol. It's like uh, on Super Pad when he was like, yeah. when you get into this, you just think there's semen on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so Darley would justify the blood at the sink and the fact that it had been cleaned up by saying that she was going to and from the sink wetting towels so that she could tend to her children. However, if you recall in the first episode, the first responding officer did ask Darlie to get a towel or a rag and apply it to Damon to try and stop the bleeding, but she had ignored him. It's a good call. Yeah, she remained at the kitchen island, applying a towel to her own wound, and furthermore, I have to...
1: (sighs) And another thing about this bitch.
0: If I'm... Trying to th- absorb a large amount of blood, mm-hmm. am I wetting a towel right? I do no. think a dry towel would be more effective,
1: yeah, you're sopping and then you're yeah I don't think you're using a wet towel at least for a good hour,
0: and she also was applying a dry towel to her wound, so she clearly
1: she knows that the dry towel absorbent technology exists right, she's aware of it,
0: like what are they called sponge, what are those little guys the um
1: Sponge daddies?
0: <laughs> no, the little uh, sponge. Sponge. Never Wordy. mind. Sponge it, coffee. Oh. No, it's the paper towel guys that are like
1: bounty. I'm sure. Uh, quilter, quicker, picker, upper. <laughs> what is the quilter picker quicker, upper?
0: Please stop. <laughs> what is the green paper towels that don't do shit?
1: The brown ones. I'm sorry.
0: You posted like a thousand years ago. Yeah. About how you spilled coffee Stand in the by kitchen. It. <laughs> I made a huge mess and then I cleaned it up with brown paper towel. So I still made a huge mess.
1: (laughs) Uh, The only thing more absorbent is moving the liquid around with your (laughs) sneaker. The brown paper towel. And I don't know why we fucking let our educational institutions (laughs) get away with this horse shit and filling it up there. Because you know what? Listen, kids are stupid. They don't know. When they got a runny nose, they go for paper towel. They don't realize that Kleenex, you need that good, good. They will get that shit. And then they got like 90 little paper cuts up their little Tinder little nosies. Oh my
0: God. The little snifferoos. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you
1: want to educate people and you can't realize how to fucking use a purchase
0: order? Well, here's the deal is um, some bounties. Now in Parenthood nowadays, we are to send in donations. And so I will always, when um, Zairs has those, like, if you're a PC point collector, mm-hmm. it's like, here, buy this six pack of Kleenex. And normally it's like forty seven dollars. Wow! <laughs> no, it's usually like sixteen ninety nine. Yeah. But if you're a PC point holder, it's four ninety
1: nine. Nice. And I'm
0: like, I will buy seventeen of those, and then I'll just send two packages with each kid, so that they bring in real Kleenexes to school. I
1: do the same. I just instead of sales, I just kind of steal from the work utility closet. We got everything: Kleenex, garbage bags, anything around. Paper towel. Yeah.
0: So you steal that? You want some? No.
1: I can hook you up. I don't. We got the brown shit. are <laughs> on <in> a budget.
0: <laughs> Where is this radio station spending all this money?
1: Don't worry about it. I think it's on talent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this TD cat didn't come for free. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So let's get serious. Yeah. So as I was writing this last night, I literally had like a very, very real moment of just thinking if this baby was alive still, because they said that Damon could have survived his wounds for, they said that it was determined up to nine minutes. Mm -hmm. The expert that they had on the stand, they were like, could he survive two to three minutes? He's like, possibly more. And they're like, could he have survived like eight to nine minutes? He's like, he could have survived eight to nine minutes for sure. So as long as I've heard of this case, that nine minutes was like etched in stone but it was really, it was so like the. There's no way that you can say it's for certain, right? Sign, no. It's not an exact science. No. It's exactly right. So, I'm thinking to myself: this child is lying on the floor. The one person that's supposed to be tending to him is by her kitchen island, tending to herself, and yep. he's like, not only is he critically injured, he's lying on a cold floor. Like I just, yeah, I, yeah, it really it like. As I was reading this last night, it took my breath away for a second because I was just like the realization of what he must have been thinking in his last moments. Even if she didn't do this, nobody was taking care of him. He was just lying there, and it's so fucking heartbreaking. (sighs) So that was his reality.
1: Do you want a brown paper towel and you can scrape your eyes away? (laughs) Getting a little tearful
0: there. (laughs) I'm sorry. It just it really made me sad. Like I don't. My my youngest is a terror. He's a an absolute terror, and he sometimes will just cry for attention. Like, and he Mm -hmm. just wants like. Or now because he's it's his first year in school. So so, like sometimes he just gets tired and he fucking cries over. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the first like four minutes, I'm just like, okay, give it a rest. Like, that's enough. You're not, you literally are not crying about anything. You took your own sock off and now you're crying because your sock's not on. And then like after like four minutes, I'm like, come here, buddy. Come yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: you know what your problem is right now? Honestly, you're trying to apply logic to this lady or this situation. And you just, honestly, as a mother, you just have to cut it off. You can't relate to this person.
0: But even like, that's the the, the thing is, is like in any situation, if it was an intruder, This baby is still lying on the floor. How are you not fucking doing something? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, if anything, I would be guilty of moving them too much. They'd be like, you can't fucking move them that much. Like, what are you doing? But you just, you would want to hold him. Like, uh, I just, I don't know. That's because she's a killer. She is a dumb bitch and her boobs are too big. Mm, I'll agree with one of those points. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing that was weird was the white-handled butcher knife, remember, in the utility room that Darlie had seen lying on the floor. Uh, She had picked it up and put it on the counter. Firstly, the knife was from their butcher block, which...
1: Hmm. That sounds uh, pretty odd.
0: I mean, I don't know a lot of killers.
1: Who don't bring a weapon.
0: Especially who don't bring (laughs) a Uh, weapon. uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. So... This killer, who seemingly, his only intent was to come in and fucking kill a couple babies because...
1: Not robbing them. There's nothing to rob.
0: Well, oh. I, I'll get into that later. Oh, okay. But he didn't bring a... He's like, you know what? I got to do some killing. Let's mm-hmm. go. I don't want anything in my pockets or my hands. True. I'll just hope for the fucking best.
1: Check like, listen, I got a okay, Scheme-ass, check. I got everything on my keys. Got my cell phone. Got my wallet. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, damn it
0: this I again. I'm the worst uh, killer ever. I
1: can't believe I forgot my weapon.
0: <laughs> so, you know, not only that, but the spot where Darley claims to have found the knife, that just brutalized three, essentially, people. There wasn't, like, a bloody spot where it dropped. <laughs> so, you know, you would think that it would have made a mess if it mm-hmm. he dropped it on his way out. Um, there was also a T-shaped cut to the screen um, of a window that was in the garage, which... The garage leads into the utility room, which leads into the kitchen, which leads into the living room, which is apparently how the intruder made entry into the home. And when testing the other knives in the knife block, they found on the serrated bread knife that there was a fiberglass and rubber fiber that could be consistent with the cut screen.
1: Oh, shit.
0: The fiber was so small, though, that they couldn't definitively test it. Defense would later say that it could have been cross-contamination When they dusted the screen for Prince, they could have also dusted the knives. Oh, they're good,
1: eh? They just need a little bit. That's exactly what it is. That's all you need is that shred, that little tiny.
0: That Jose Bias is like he was the Casey Anthony. He was going to do um, Aaron Hernandez before he killed himself. But all his defense strategy is, is maybe coming up with a scenario that could be different. Mm -hmm. And that's all he does. He doesn't try to prove his client's innocent. He tries to prove this could have happened. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, it should be stated that there was no fibers on any other knives in the knife lock. And the cut in the screen appeared to be consistent with a serrated blade.
1: Right. Jeez.
0: And (laughs) then there was the sock. This sock works both for and against Darley somehow. There was a sock that was located three houses down from the Routier home. In the back of the homes, there was like an alleyway kind of thing. And the sock was determined to be Darren's. It has his DNA in it, and he recognized it as his sock. Mm-hmm. And it had also one spot of Damon's blood and one spot of Devin's blood. Sounds uh, kind of staged. Kinda, it just is odd. weird. Very yeah. weird. One of the sources that I found said that in Dallas at the time, so we are in Texas, we're real Texas. Yeah. In Dallas at the time, there was a rapist who would wear socks on his hands when committing his crimes. I googled <laughs> the sorry, hell out of I this. I
1: don't mean to laugh at anything about rape, but that I am <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Any of this is this, this, none of this is funny. I
0: I looked it up. I couldn't find anything about this guy. So
1: um, who the puppet raper?
0: <laughs> Lamb chops, flail. Get out of Stop it so the only thing that would come up when I googled this was Darlie's case so I can't confirm that it's even true that there's a raper that would weird wear the stuff on his hands I can
1: probably confirm it's not true <laughs> <laughs> Go
0: on. so people would say that this proves Darlie's innocence because with her injuries she surely couldn't have run this socks 75 feet down the street right and that was assuming that she cut across the lawns. If she didn't cut across the lawns, if she went right down into the alleyway, it was like 97 feet. Mm -hmm. But then again, maybe that's what she wanted people to think.
1: Or she stabbed them, ran out. No, I don't think her wounds were even that bad. I'm sure she could walk just fine. Although
0: she was probably actively bleeding. You would have found full head. That's for sure.
1: So maybe she uh, ran in the sock out and then came back in. It was like, little stabby, stabby, stabby.
0: And you should to, be a CSI investigator because that you. is a lot of people's theories. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Well. <sighs> so um, maybe she had injured herself after she had placed the sock. <laughs> That's what I, my next line. I'll, is. I'll,
1: you know what? I'll hold back. I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you do the story, <laughs> and then I'll come up with my. I'll formulate my opinions.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> why would the killer have Darren's sock? It really just creates more questions than it does answers. Mm-hmm. Really. And then there was the silly string. Mm -hmm. On June 14th, which would have been Devin's seventh birthday, Darlie, Darren, and a few friends and family gathered around the boys' grave. Some of the neighborhood children came because the invitations had already gone out for Devin's birthday. Oh, God. And according to them, the boys loved parties and they wanted to celebrate them. Darlie called a local news station, and with that, she may have sealed her own fate. Oh, no. Because in the clip that they aired, they sang happy birthday to Devin. There's tons of balloons covering the grave. There's presents. There's cards. And when they're all done singing, Darlie is smiling and aggressively chewing her gum. Like that.
1: oh, Like <laughs> what a Karen.
0: Yeah. And is film spraying the grave with silly strings. Silly string portion only lasts a few seconds, and afterwards, she was interviewed, and when they asked her why the balloons, why the silly string, Darlie answers, even though we're sad because Devin and Damon aren't here, we try to hang on to what we can to get us through these times. Now, firstly, she's smacking that gum, and (sighs) it's exceptionally (laughs) off-putting. Yeah,
1: yeah, no shit.
0: But something that has to be mentioned is that this was filmed by the news station, but... The police department had surreptitiously placed cameras pointed at the boy's grave because it was only one. Apparently, it's a tactic that they used to use because a lot of the times the guilty party would come and... Confess or something? Say sorry, apologize. Oh, shit. So they did this with the permission of the owner of the graveyard. It later turned into a whole thing where, like, You know, is there privacy? Is there the expectation of privacy? But it was determined that it was fair game. Yeah,
1: there's no expectation.
0: (laughs) And, of course, the Routiers were unaware of this. And while the silly string is highly scrutinized, unless you're specifically looking into this case, you don't hear about the fact that they spent a solemn two hours prior to this praying and crying and hugging and talking about the voice. So, on June 18th of 1996, Darlie Routier was arrested on capital murder. And it was announced on the news that at 10.20 p.m., they had arrested the mother of the two boys for their murder. Darren said that they had been called into the police station and they were actually excited to go because they thought that there had been an arrest.
1: Sorry, what was the date? Uh, The 18th, so it's
0: 12 days after. Wow, okay. So they didn't expect this to be the outcome, but Darren said after they arrested Darley, he could see them down the hallway cheering and high-fiving each other.
1: The cops? Uh Uh-huh. Jeez. On January: so they knew probably from the get-go or suspected maybe? They definitely yeah.
0: suspected, yeah. Oh, my
1: God. And what did you say, 12 days? 12 days. You're letting her – you got you to gotta build the case, but mm-hmm. fuck. <sighs>
0: so on January 6th of 1997, the trial would start. Darley was originally appointed a public defender. But Darlie and Darren wanted her to have the best possibility of getting off. So they pulled together at the hefty fee to hire a well-respected defense attorney, Doug Mulder and Richard Moisty. Moisty?
1: Mulder and Moisty. (laughs) (laughs) Called the law firm of Mulder and Moisty.
0: (laughs) So for what it's worth, though, the original attorney that they had hired, well, that had been appointed to them.
1: Stinky? They're stinky, moldy, <laughs> moisty, <laughs> the other one. slappy, sneezy. sneezy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the original appointed guy, his name was Doug too, Douglas something or other. But he had requested not to have the trial in Dallas because it was so publicized okay. that they didn't. But what he ended up doing was getting her tried about 280 miles away from Dallas in a small extremely conservative town called Kerr county
1: oh god
0: it was said that she would not get a fair trial if she didn't <laughs> but in kirk county it was known to be extremely strict sentencing and there was even a joke about wanting your enemy to be tried in Kerr county because they're fucked <laughs> yeah,
1: shit. well good
0: so on january the 6th that's exactly to the day seven months from the date of the murder this is a usually a strategic move on part of the defense. They, you know, are, you have the right to a speedy trial. Yeah. And usually like OJ Simpson did it best where they invoked their right to a speedy trial. And that was because the more evidence that they were able to gather, The worst it was going to (laughs) be.
1: So OJ's team was like, okay, no, start now.
0: Yes, exactly. They were like, speedy, let's speedy it up. So then
1: the prosecution is like, okay, we need all this. No, 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 we got to go now.
0: They have to stop the investigation too once the trial starts.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That seems terrible. (laughs) What a
0: fucking rule that is. So that's what they did here. Seven months later and uh, they went to trial.
1: I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters, available wherever
0: you get your podcasts. So... Everything I told you up until this point, the sock, the everything, it was brought up during the trial. But something that was significant, at least to me, and it was only brought up in a hearing, okay? Okay. So in a hearing, not in front of a jury. This was before they—
1: Pre-trial hearing?
0: Yes. Thank you. So you're still sworn in. Yeah. But this is to determine if it's relevant to be brought to trial. Um, And this was deemed not relevant. It wasn't close enough to the actual crime. On the day of the murder, Darley's housekeeper, who was the mother to her best friend, Barbara, um, the housekeeper's name is Helena, and she said that she arrived to the home. She had asked Drake's nanny, uh, whose name was Rebecca, where the baby was. And Rebecca gestured to Darlie, who had what appeared to be a balled-up blanket on her lap. Helena told Darlie to hand her the baby, and Darlie assured her that it was fine. He actually enjoyed being held like that. Um, Helena said she insisted, and Darley handed her the baby and then just kind of nonchalantly walked off. Helena unwrapped the baby. His face was red and sweaty, and his lips were beginning to turn blue.
1: Meaning just like hot and suffocating in there?
0: Well, yeah, she had him kind of like balled into like a... fully swaddled? Yeah, fully like 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 no, his face and everything, oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. So later, Helena said that Darley laid out a bunch of her expensive jewelry, and she told her housekeeper that she could have it all for $10,000. Helena declined. And the jewelry was left out on the kitchen table. So when it came to robbery, because the murders happened later on that night, all of that, at least $10,000 worth of jewelry, was still sitting on the counter, untouched.
1: Hmm. Sock, 100 feet down
0: the road. It's the sock thieves. Sock moved. Used socks is what I'm in it for, too. (laughs) (laughs) So there was countless staff at Baylor Hospital, which is where Darley and Damon were taken, that said that Darlie seemed particularly cold when it came to the death of her children. One doctor stated that he had seen many different reactions when it came to a parent losing a child, but no one came near to how flat Darley Routier was when she found out that her sons were both deceased. Um, their neighbor Karen had come by with baby Drake and Darren held him and Darley said that she didn't want to because of her injuries so the nurse brought the baby over to her and held him in a position that she could like place her cheek against the baby's mm-hmm. and she turned her face away from him so the nurse handed her back to Darren or handed uh. the baby back to Darren there was also in the house there's three unidentified fingerprints which in itself I find wild because this is a party house these like oh, yeah. they have people over all the time like three? if there's only three unidentified fingerprints it's Fucking spectacular. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing that Helena was actually able to testify to was that she saw a black vehicle around the Routier home and it was directly outside of the home. She said that she kind of saw them like lurking around the house and she saw a second passenger get in and it looked suspicious to her. But when Darley took the stand, she mentioned how she had been there with Helena when the black car was there, and that they had discussed it. And this was something that Helena denied ever happened. She never talked about it with Darlie. Weird. Right? So another issue was, if you recall, the point of entry into the home was that's the screen that had the T-shape in it. Mm -hmm. Well, when on the stand, James Cron, who was a consultant for law enforcement and crime scene analysis, stated that there was a fairly thick layer of dust covering the entire windowsill. When asked what it was that he was looking for when determining if somebody had gone in or out of the opening, he said that he looked for disturbed dust, footprints, blood, anything from the outside like dirt, grass, anything that could have been tracked in. He stated that the dust was undisturbed, no streaks, and it was obvious that nothing had gone through it. He even compared it to um, freshly fallen snow.
1: Yeah, he's got teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) My folks, too. They would have been great at that was sneaking in, sneaking Your parents out.
0: are probably still to this day like, why is the sink leaking? Where's it, that filter?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt used a filter from his sink for a, uh, a bong. Was it a bong?
1: I think it was a bong. It might have been a pipe. It was in one of those Molson Canadian... Uh, years ago, they gave away little mini Stanley cups.
0: And you got this advice from Oprah.
1: Oprah was like... Your kid might be – I don't know why Oprah talks like that. Your kid might be uh, – She's if, from Dallas too. If your kid smokes a little bit of weed, then they may weed. be used the, uh, using the screens under your taps to make their own paraphernalia. And I was like, oh, Oprah. All right. You're a real one. I'm going
0: to write that down. A
1: real one? <laughs> she knows.
0: <laughs> she does know. You're right. So – Do you
1: think Oprah smokes weed? What's that? Do you think Oprah smokes weed?
0: I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't hold it against her. I think
1: she to smoke crack.
0: She doesn't smoke crack? What do you no. – she did. No, she didn't. I've
1: always heard that.
0: Shut the fuck up.
1: Can you look that up real quick?
0: Oprah does not. We'll take Hey, a... Siri. Did Oprah Winfrey smoke crack? What? I what am I even Siri, asking? Is
1: Siri going to write her out? I
0: found this on the web. Oprah admits using crack cocaine. What the fuck?
1: Was Gail... Was it pre gale Because Gail wouldn't stand for that January 13th,
0: 1995. Oprah Winfrey, the popular host of the most... Broken... Can you speak into the
1: microphone, please, when you're validating... Holy
0: shit! oprah admits using crack cocaine
1: told you she knew that party
0: wow i'm strong (laughs) (laughs) you know what if there's one thing you're good at fucking up it's my perception of elderly (laughs) interviewers like Barbara, dead oprah crack (laughs) what the Is happening? You stay away from Dr. Uh, Phil, you uh, filthy bastard!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never bring up Diane Sawyer.
0: (laughs) This is crazy. I'm I'm rattled, and you expect me to just dive right back into this awful story after I learned something like that about one of America's national treasures? What does
1: Gail think? That's my question.
0: Or Stedman?
1: Stedman, yeah. He wrote a book on being successful.
0: He's like, Mary, wow. <laughs> it's
1: like, that's, yeah, yeah. How's that not a tweet? That's, a, that's not a book.
0: That's a, <laughs> a tweet, right?
1: Or an X. Mary Is it an Oprah. X now? Mary, chapter one, Mary, Oprah. Oprah. Chapter two, Mary, Oprah. <laughs> Travis, Kelsey read that book. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Actually, you know what? I can't say that because apparently he's in his own right very famous.
1: (laughs) Yes. Let's. Oh, man. Maybe it's a good episode, but I want to get into what they're doing behind the scenes. I I have so many theories.
0: About Taylor and Travis? Yeah. First of all, Taylor is not diabolical when, like, there's nothing.
1: No, I'm wondering, like, how far they've gotten, like, SEX wise. Like, if it's hand stuff, (sighs) if they're Frenching, like, have they made out? Did he grab a breast on the outside? Or, like, what's going on there? Are they even there yet? Maybe they're not even there. He said that if a girl doesn't give oral, it's a deal breaker.
0: He didn't say that. Yes, he did. To whom?
1: I don't know. Some interview. Some her pod, dad. Some, I, think, <laughs> I think it was with Andy Cohen. It might have been on Watch What Happens Live. I can't remember. Oh,
0: I'll watch that. Yeah. I'll watch anything Andy Cohen interviews. Yeah, Although something. Andy Cohen... Oh, here we go. ...said something really shitty the other day. Ooh. Like, really, really shitty. Yeah. So... The Real Housewives of Orange County, it's their reunion. And so he had on one of the richest housewives. Do you ever watch Botched?
1: No. I, is that what the two doctors yes. that look like they've had botched plastic <laughs> surgery? Like, who the fuck are you guys to say <laughs> a goddamn thing about anybody's terrible plastic surgery? So
0: one of the husbands, Terry Debro, his wife, Heather is mm-hmm. on Orange County. And she, they just sold their home for like $55 million. Oh, that was like one of the storylines. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, just, oh, that's good. Yeah, it's quaint. I bet um, it has a pool. <laughs> so they had her on Watch What Happens Live. And Andy's question to Heather was, if all of the housewives on Orange County were to sell their home right now, who do you think would make the least amount of money?
1: Okay, so I will say this. That is a phenomenal
0: question. He's a fucking asshole, though. I'll tell you it why. not I'll tell you why
1: he's not okay. an asshole. In asking anybody in any situation that question is fucking disgusting. Right. However, when you put together these vapid, vominous personalities, a part of the show, and Andy Cohen is the ringleader. Let's get like that's he made his Puppet bones. master. Yes. Those are all of his shows. He has skyrocketed to the head of the network because of these shows. And yeah, I, so I think that in that context, absolutely, okay. mixing it up for a little bit of... Now, listen, I think that they're all disgusting the way that they show off their wealth. I think that, especially nowadays... But let me nowadays. tell
0: you, so what was said was Heather got uncomfortable, and she said, that's really mean. I can't answer that. Good for and her, Andy, I didn't see that coming. And Andy said, I would think that it was Gina. <laughs> Okay, that's great. Okay, listen, Gina <laughs> is, I think, thirty-five years old. Mm-hmm. Her husband cheated on her. Yeah, and so she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. And Andy said, "I would think it's Gina because what does she have? Like a casita? Is it that, that the right word?" Oh
1: yeah, I yeah, looked I'm it up. Sure. It's a
0: cot. It means like a cottage, like a yeah. smaller.
1: <laughs> what is that? Yeah, maybe and
0: an so she's single. <laughs> she's raising her small children. Mm-hmm. She owns her own fucking house. Actually, you know what? Gina was the one. She posted it onto her Instagram and put him asking that question. She goes, first of all, she goes, I'm a single mother. I own my own home, Mm -hmm. which is more than a lot of these women can say. And, like, then we've got these fucking Jen Shaws of uh, Salt Lake City and Erica Girardi of Beverly Hills that are fucking stealing off people so that they can make it look like they have these... Yeah. Huge, bigger-than-life existences. And then he's going on there saying which fucking housewife wouldn't make any money off the sale of their home. Like, all you're doing is promoting that fucking bad behavior. Yes. And that's what I have to say about that during this awful story.
1: <laughs> I think that that's exactly what he's doing. I think it's all by design. I think that if you ever want him to hold anybody accountable, we are looking at the wrong guy. I, I just think that in this in that universe, he's the king. And if and, and that's how you promote it. Like 90 Day Fiancé, when they run trailers for the upcoming season, it's not that... Is the, he 90 Day Fiancé too? No, no, no. I'm just oh, okay. using that as, as an example. But the, in the previews, they never show that, I never knew I was going to find love like this. Come here, are you are going to be my forever person? No, they're like, what the fuck did you give me those roses for when I knew you got your ex roses every time you fucking
0: cheated, you motherfucker? And that's what they show.
1: <laughs> the good shit. The
0: funny one... Okay, I will state one more funny fact about The Housewives, and then I'm going to hop right back into the story. Mm-hmm. But... um it was during the first part of the reunion for Orange County just aired. Second part's coming up this Wednesday. Two-parter, um, damn. But one chick, Jen, her, her boyfriend is a piece of garbage. Like, he really is. He just, even when you see him talk, like, mm-hmm. he just, he looks like he smells like Dracar Noir all the fucking time. Like, he just wakes up <laughs> bathing in Dracar Noir. And so he had sent a dick pic, a flaccid dick pic.
1: Oh, like, come <laughs> on. What
0: is... At least, you should never, but if you're gonna, dress it up. First and foremost, you just started three sentences that you didn't finish. At least, come on, if you're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) But he sent it to this other chick, and then his excuse was that he meant to send it to Jen and, like, accidentally sent it to... And, like, he was with Jen when it happened, and he sent this other chick a dick pic and said, my limp dick misses you is what and so one of the other housewives said on at the reunion she goes who's 49 years old sending pictures of their limp dick to people in the first place and Andy Kong goes well <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, You do, don't you? And he goes, I mean, Tamara, Tamara.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, he definitely does. And uh, he gets a lot of them too. (laughs) No, no. There was one time I did think about sending him one just because he's (laughs) soliciting for them. I was like, No, fuck no. I didn't really think about it.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to let you keep talking. Yeah, no. (laughs) Just a bunch of unfinished sentences. (laughs) (laughs) So back to this awful case. Darlie. The night shirt that she was wearing when this all happened had been covered in blood from her as well as the boy's. But she would explain the boy's blood by saying that she must have gotten it while she was trying to tend to them.
1: Which we know didn't happen.
0: The problem with that was that the spots of the boy's blood were cast off. What's so, that mean? Here trigger is. warning. One of the podcasts that I listened to while researching in this case compared it to if you were to fling a paint-covered paintbrush with force yeah. at a wall those like circular splatters, splatters, yeah. as opposed to just like, if she went to coddle her kids, that would be like a paint covered paintbrush that you just placed on a surface. Okay. So cast off is from when you have a weapon and you're whipping it.
1: Okay. So sorry. Yeah. All right.
0: So furthermore, she had drops on her back. Which would be hard to explain if she was just holding and comforting her kids,
1: but when you're holding a white handle, put your knife over mm-hmm. your head,
0: and again, remember, first responders got there within two minutes. and he never saw her comfort other either boys. So mm-hmm. if she did it, it was in one minute and fifty nine seconds that she was on the phone, by the way, and you couldn't hear. I can't
1: believe. I know we're not done. I can't believe people think that she's innocent,
0: I know. But why? is what I want to
1: know. Oh, like what's her motive? Why? That's a great, yeah.
0: And she seemed to be a doting mom up until this was night. Was
1: there like a financial, like life insurance on the boys? Yes. There, well. But. Oh.
0: I'll get into okay. it. Okay.
1: All right. I'll, I'll shut up. You go.
0: Uh, as I told you before, Darlie was experiencing some pretty serious postpartum depression, and she had made an entry in her diary that read as a suicide note. It was basically saying like Drake, Damon, Devin, I want you to know this has nothing to do with you. I've been in so much pain for a really long mm-hmm. time now, da-da-da-da. The note ends abruptly, and she said that she called Darren at work, and he came home, and she told him what she was thinking, and then they cried together, and that was that. She had told one of her friends that she had actually attempted suicide within the month that this happened. So this happened on the 6th. So to say within the month.
1: Could it have been like a murder-suicide, and she kind of chickened out at the end?
0: I mean, I mean, that is a theory. It's a theory.
1: Two millimeters from the carotid.
0: I don't know many women that would, and like, why, why take the boys out in, in that? Yeah. But. Who knows? The day the murders happened, a court psychiatrist would testify that Darley had been very upset because she had gotten a phone call from the mechanic where Darren had brought his Jaguar and he had been rude with her, demanding that Darren pay for the repairs and pick up the car. Their boat was also in disrepair, and Darley was angry and wanted him to figure it out. Like, the jag, the, the boat, these are not her things. This is like, she's like, first of all, give me back my fucking Pathfinder. Get your shit figured out. Like, That's you didn't right. have to buy all this bullshit. Yeah. But that is also, you know, to me, if they were in all these financial problems, and they had this jaguar that he paid cash for. He doesn't have payment on it anymore. They have this boat. You have options. You can sell these things, right? Like
1: was it status? The brand names they don't want to get rid of them, or what's I don't the search know. It all about? I don't
0: know. But certainly killing your kids wouldn't be I mean, that's never yeah. an option. No. But like you, you it wasn't like you were living in squalor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: had options to make some money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she wanted Darren to figure this out. The financial stressors were really starting to affect her. Um, But Darlie said that even though they had argued, they had kissed goodnight and told each other that they loved each other. Um, I can say without question, in my opinion, everything that transpired before the June 6th, like, you know, my heart would absolutely go out to her because, like, she's going through all these... Fucking crazy things. All at like, once. That would be devastating. Postpartum,
1: the financial shit. Yeah, the husband with the job.
0: And also, though, like, she's sleeping downstairs because the baby shifting in his crib wakes her up, but her son's getting stabbed multiple times, and then her getting stabbed didn't wake her up either, mm-hmm. which, but Damon pressing on her arm saying, mommy, mommy woke her up. Like. Yeah. So.
1: Pretty suspect.
0: Right? I have to wonder what killing her children would do to rectify anything. And because it is somewhat relevant, I will tell you that these two boys did have life insurance policies on them. Why? I'll never know. To me, life insurance is like the you know breadwinner of the house gets it. Because if something happens to them, you're going to need a little bit of financial assistance just to get by.
1: Yeah, so we always had... I don't have it anymore. My brother and sister, I think, still do. But we always had life insurance as kids for savings. That is what we used. Uh, We always put it away and then it would, I don't know, mature at some point. Really? Yeah. You can
0: take it back out? Yeah. I've never heard of life insurance that you can take back out.
1: Yeah, it was in...
0: Are you sure it wasn't like a... um... Nope. Okay.
1: No, I'm not. (laughs) Not one little bit.
0: It's just a saving account? (laughs) Follow me for more financial tips.
1: By the way, I currently am putting away money in an envelope with a pen label that says "Royal Rumble" on it. Okay, it's my savings uh,
0: envelope. So uh, follow me for more tips. <laughs> it's at least it's not in crown. <laughs> oh. What crown? Uh,
1: we'll, we'll we'll take that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the life insurance policies were only about five thousand dollars each. So. It would only cover basically their funeral. The jewelry. I guess. Mm-hmm. So but She
1: was looking for 10 grand.
0: Yeah, but then she had to pay for a funeral.
1: Right. So. And this is the 90s.
0: No uh, GoFundMe. This is 96. So no
1: GoFundMe, no crowdsourcing, no, no. like it's only just kind of churches raising money for people in the community back then. No big massive fundraisers.
0: Right. So it's
1: not like you'd you'd do that to do it because some people do that get go, a GoFundMe for like a million bucks.
0: Yeah. Because I want to get my jag out of there.
1: Is it just, I mean, I don't have to say it anymore, but just crazy? I mean. Like, is there, when there's no motivation and no motive, what do they allocate the, do you need a
0: motive? Apparently not. But there is also um, Darren's staged burglary. So Darren had looked into having someone break into the home. And steal items.
1: Wait, the husband? The husband. Looked so, into somebody?
0: He was trying to hire someone who would come in and steal items from the house. Yeah. Then he would claim it with insurance, get the insurance payout, and then the person would return the items that they had allegedly sold. And then they would split, or not split, but the person would get a percentage of yeah. the insurance payout. So he was looking essentially to commit insurance fraud. Darlie said she knew nothing of this. She only found out like a while after she had been sentenced, and she said that she felt betrayed by it.
1: Huh. You felt betrayed there, right? That's interesting. <laughs>
0: I wonder how, Ooh. <laughs> so another thing that personally, in my opinion, was one of the hardest things to grasp. Okay. The Routiers had a beautiful fountain installed on their front lawn. When the money had still been flowing, of course they had this put in. And since nice the murders there, by the way. What's that?
1: Nice choice of words there. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. Uh, talking about a fountain money flowing. I'm like, dang, girl, <laughs> girl got it going on to the break of doll.
0: <laughs> so since the murders, um, it had been kind of like made into like a makeshift memorial for the boys. Okay. People would leave cards and you know, flowers and balloons and whatnot. So there is a neighbor who lived at 5802 Eagle Drive. So, that's directly across the street from the Routiers at 5801. Her name was Nelda Watts. And she had been a neighbor to Darley and Darren since 1994. And she testified that on the morning of June 18th, which also happened to be the day that Darley was arrested. Um, here's part of her, her testimony. All right. So, this was led by Prosecutor Toby Shook. Uh, so, Shook okay, now let me turn your attention back to June 18th of 1996 and ask if you were home during the day on that date. Nelda, I was home most of the morning. Shook, okay, and did you hear something in the front yard or towards what would be your front yard that drew your attention to the window? Nelda, yes sir, from my bedroom, I heard sounds. Shook, and does your bedroom window, if you look out it, do you see the routier home? Nelda, yes sir.
1: Even have to go over the dumbest shit. Well, to make sure that like you and I are still on the same
0: wavelength, because I said I'm going to couple skip a couple lines here and there because it's just redundant. The prosecution really did not want there to be any doubt about how and where this happened. Could
1: you see out of your window? Yes. (laughs) Was your window made of glass? Did you have glasses? Was there a screen covering?
0: So, for the sake of this episode, I'm going to go through only lines that are (laughs) important. (laughs) So, Nelda states that she saw Darley and Darren out on their front lawn near the fountain. Shook. Okay, when you looked out there, what were the Darren and Darlie routier doing? Nelda. Darren was taking the animals and flags off of the wreaths. Shook. And when you, you heard noises, what is the first noise that you heard? Nelda. It sounded sort of like children laughing, that kind of thing. Shook. And when, what did you see then? Nelda. Well, as I watched for a few minutes, the Darren would take stuffed animals off of one of the wreaths and toss it over to Darley. And she would jump up and catch it, and then she would toss it back to him, and he would chuck it towards the vehicle. The back of the vehicle was open, and if he threw it in, she would jump up and cheer. Shook. Okay, what else did you see? (sighs) Nelda. Well, he took a flag off one of them, and she cheered as he climbed up the water fountain and put it on the top of the fountain. And it stayed there for several months, or weeks anyways.
1: Uh... Flag, I don't have a problem with. I think that's kind of neat. Just, <laughs> well, right. You're putting in a more prominent position, but uh, stuffed animals and the. They key- called
0: it teddy bear basketball.
1: Who, who's that? Like, was the police or like. The- yeah,
0: like it, that's what it came to be known as teddy bear basketball.
1: Yeah, that's pretty fucked up for right. sure. I mean, it's weird to me, honestly. It's this is also,
0: that- again, 12 days after her kids are dead.
1: It's weird that the husband's participating. In my mind.
0: One of the podcasts that I listened to said that if Darlie was suffering through, like, these huge mental health problems, maybe... In Darren's perspective, it was better to get her laughing than crying. with
1: it, eh, Maybe. And sometimes, you know what? It, like, because I know, like a lot of like police and stuff, and like they've got like dark, dark sense of humor because they Gallows see, humor. yeah, like they see the craziest shit. Oh, that guy really lost his head there. Right? Yeah, no, so, for sure, like, for sure. Maybe there is something to that, like a that dark humor and of him trying to. I don't know.
0: I don't know. To me, I fucking gross. I can <laughs> promise you, twelve days after. Anything like that would have happened to me. I would be in my mm-hmm. bed. It would be dirty, and I would smell like onions. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Why the onion?
0: Just it's just, you, just, just it's just your natural thing. Things would just bite. okay. I, right. don't know. I don't know. It's what I would smell like. I can yeah, tell you that yeah. right now. Wouldn't slow me down. <laughs> <laughs> so now, as easy as it would have been for Darlie and Darren to just say that didn't happen, or you know, it would be their word against hers, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't deny that it happened. Uh, Instead, what they said was that it wasn't Darlie who was horsing around with Darren. Instead, they would say it was Darlie's sister, Dana. But Dana was much younger. Like, if you remember from the top of episode one, Darlie's mom had remarried and had two daughters. Mm -hmm. So Dana would have been 16 years old at this time. So she also had dark brown hair. Darley had kind of like a... Remember I posted the picture to Facebook and you said, the the real crime here is her bangs. Oh, yeah. So platinum blonde short hair. Ah. And, I mean, like, this lady had lived across the street from them since 1994. Like, she probably knows what her neighbor looks like. I would think. So, another way in which Darley's attorneys royally fucked up was that they did not air the footage of the ceremony that happened for the boys before the Silly String incident.
1: They only let the news footage play? That's exactly right.
0: Idiots! And for one reason or another, the silly string video was seemingly so important to the jurors that they requested to watch it eight times.
1: Wow. Are you able... Is the trial over by then?
0: When they request to watch it? No. It was ongoing. Oh, okay. So,
1: okay. But in... Okay. Yeah, never mind. Sorry.
0: So, the jury was made up of seven women and five men. They deliberated for eight hours and found barely guilty of capital murder... Like I said, she only was tried for Devin's death. And if a child is under six, it's an automatic death sentence. And three days later, I don't know why they'd have to have a sentencing because
1: that's it. But she was given death. You're forever.
0: So to this day, Darlie stands firm that she did not kill her children. I watched an interview with her from 2019, and she said that if they end up putting her to death, it'll be her innocent blood on their hands. Um, She and Darren divorced in 2011.
1: Could make it work, eh?
0: He stood by her for 15 years while she was oh, in prison.
1: My God. Right? Is this guy a great guy or a dumb No dumb? one knows.
0: He still advocates for her innocence. Uh, he simply said that there has to what? come a time when you have to move on. What the
1: fuck? You think that your wife is innocent in killing your two kids? And Maybe he was complicit. Like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, in the interview that I watched, she said that she had a new boyfriend. Want to guess his name? Go for it.
1: Doug, Danny, Derek.
0: Darren. Yes. Another Darren. <laughs> amazing. They also interviewed him, and he had been ring shopping because he planned on marrying Darley. He said that if he found out that she was guilty, he would not stand by her, but he claimed to know for certain that she was innocent. However, at the end of the interview, it said that after months of dating, the two had ended their relationship. Oh, no. Ruh, ruh.
1: I hope he was ring shopping in the paper mache department because <laughs> you ain't getting anything in death row that's not made of fucking paper.
0: So, uh, quickly at the end here, I want to say firstly that Drake, who is the one surviving son, still visits his mom up until recently. Drake! Uh, He supported her and believed that she was innocent. However, he had been diagnosed with cancer and had been dealing with his own health. There's not too much to say about the boys, mainly because it would be their parents that would have personality traits to talk about, and they weren't able to do that. But it was well known that Devin was a wild child. He was a daredevil who would try anything without worrying about the consequences, whereas the little Damon was a little different. He was cautious, and he was shy. They were both happy, sweet little boys, and regardless of who did it, the loss of their lives is tragic. Um, one thing I did not mention that I want to was in the recent interview that I watched with Darlie. There are a couple of moments where she does go through all of the motions of crying, uh, and I zoned in to see if there are actual real tears and i didn't see sure zoomed zoned you know I mean, What do you think doing? zoning is like with my soul
1: hey what are you doing babe i'm zoning it um, there's te- there ain't no tears
0: it's like i didn't actually zoom in like I'm i zoomed, was zone. i was like this hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah i did not see any tears at all she just hmm. was making the faces and oh, that
1: makes sense because that big gold?
0: That is the complex case of Darlie Routier. Do they like
1: test you for being a psycho and shit? Like when you're going through all, like there's gotta Me be. Me personally? No, you, like, you don't need any testing. We're good. <laughs> you can kind of just figure it out. You can just see it and assume it. Um, I mean, was she, cause.
0: It's so weird that nothing.
1: Aren't you emotional talking about your dead kids, no matter what the circum- like, like if she's innocent. How are you so emotionless?
0: Again, like you said, if you're trying to apply logic, whether oh no I, logic hate you. You had.
1: I hate you, I hate you. I wanted to, I wanted to try to apply
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you always get to apply the logic. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Wow. So, what yeah, a fun case. there's that case. I'm really, really sorry about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I have one bummer one coming up for Patreon. Mm-hmm. Next time we record, though, you just wait. Get yeah. your fucking laughing pants on because oh, it is going to be a riot. Laughing pants? Acquired. I'm not too sure what those are. It's like just clown pants. Get the right <laughs> attitude.
1: The juicy couture. Oh
0: no. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> okay. All so right. Let's do our Patreon. Okay, bye. bye.